thank you for joining me today uh, to talk about these these uh, topics that are important for those going out on their own or getting you know getting out of school, etc. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the studio versus salon, and um, so I guess we'll start off. Um, so everyone, this is Inhei Kim. She works at BC Studios. Yeah, BC and Studios in Rockville. Mm -hmm. And so, is that a uh, studio or a salon? Tell us a little bit about the, how that structure works. So it is a salon. It's a um, commission-based salon. I would say the main difference from my past experiences is that there's a lot of freedom. Um, it doesn't okay. have the vibe of corporate or it doesn't have a vibe of like somebody breathing down your neck, telling you to meet your goals and your numbers, very focused on being creative. Let's see. So this would be my fifth salon since I have started on the floor as a stylist. Okay. And uh, would and you would say that where you're at now is very different in that you're used to having people talking to you about your numbers and, and setting goals with you a lot or yeah like, I felt like there, that, that was bit? definitely the main objective right because obviously it's a business so the owner right. has to meet their numbers um, but it wasn't from my experience it wasn't focused on them wanting me to grow it was more about they wanted the salon to grow. So the approach was a little different. Um, and I don't think I realized it at the time. I'm kind of a, I like to meet my goals and set my goals and, you know, try to get to it and get to the next level. But at that time, I didn't realize that I was missing that creative aspect of it. And I think that as a, as a hairstylist, it's like one of the most important, if not the most important um, aspect of your drive. Totally. I would say the number one most important thing is inspiration and motivation. Mm -hmm. And yeah. without that, you're just showing up for a paycheck and it's only a matter of time before you don't have any more clients. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like easy to see clients as a number, but I right. think when you have that like creative freedom and you're focused on your art and your craft, then your client is not just a number. It's really just like your palette, you know? So I've, I've really enjoyed working where I, am now, where I am now. So what type of, um, what type of controls are there in place? Uh, if they're a business, I imagine that like, they're not like, oh yeah, you're hired. Here's your chair, but you can, you, but if you only want to come in once a day, one day a week, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure they want to use that chair, don't they? I mean, I'm a, I, yeah. I would think that there's some level of business uh, coming down from, from the management, right? Or I mean, yes, I'm we do have I a have manager. No we have a full-time manager. She is amazing. She's really the backbone yeah. of how everything functions. She is a hundred percent there to support you, whatever you need. She's like, let me work it out, figure it out and we'll get it for you. So I think that's a really good way of approaching from the business perspective. Because, yeah. you know, if you're producing money as a business, then you should put that back into, you know, the people that are producing the income for you. Um, so there is structure, but I would say it's not the structure that I've been accustomed to. We what type of expectations uh, are there by your, by your boss? So we do have goals. Um, 
Well, right now, because of the pandemic, things are a little different. It's kind of survival mode at this point because totally. I'm in Montgomery County. So the restrictions are pretty tight. Um, okay. But prior to that, it was, you know, what kind of goals do you want to set yourself up for in the next quarter, in the next six months? Where do you see yourself in a year? And how can I help you reach those goals? Okay. It was so a different approach because before I was used to, this is what you need to do to get to that. You need to, you know, sell this many more retail to clients. You have to add this many more services per client. You know, it was kind of in that kind of structure, but now it's this, what can I do for you in order for us to get to that goal? So it's like a team effort, which I appreciate. So I think that's been the main difference and the approach from the business side of it, it also works for the salon because it's more motivating and it comes a little bit more naturally as opposed to like trying to always have it in my head, like, oh, I got to reach this number, you know? So, so would you say, would it be fair to say that it's, it's similar to what you're used to in the past? Uh, in the back end, but on the front end, the way it's presented and the way it's carried throughout is so different that you don't even feel like you, it's a thing that's on your mind. Um, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think you, you said that perfectly. Yeah, cool. So, uh, so you just basically, you found a place that you like the way they talk and they like the way they approach, but there still sounds like they're running a business. They just are using best practices, which is help, help help your team set goals. Don't tell them what their goals are, you know, a little bit more empathy and consideration for your, for your people as people and not just cogs in a machine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah, appreciated totally. and valued. <laughs> awesome. I totally am. I totally got you. Uh, I'm love to hear that. Um, I, I'd like to uh, seg transition into um, hiring and interviewing. This topic is important for uh, mostly for the young stylists coming up, uh, getting out of school or maybe they're in school. You know, there are a lot of stylists that have lost their, the salon has closed. Um, mm. You know, I know of like at least five or six in DMV off the top of my head that have closed. And so that, yeah. that's leaving a lot of stylists, you know, 30 to 50 stylists that I know of that are out of a home. Uh, let's start with, uh, so if you worked at five salons, well, how many interviews have you been on? I would yeah. say um, five. So five interviews turned into five jobs? Yeah. <laughs> if we could all <laughs> well, be maybe, still lucky. Maybe it's closer to four interviews and five jobs. <laughs> oh, so someone just handed you one, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you, during the process, what was, what was attractive or not attractive to you during the process? Uh, as an interviewee, someone trying to get a job, um, what type of things turned you on or turned you off from that place you were interviewing? Um, so I think my first interview out of beauty school, it was a great situation. It was a salon that was pretty new, just a year into opening okay. um and the owner had a lot of ideas like great ideas especially for someone new coming out of beauty school like um a roadmap to when I would get on the floor and what would you know be everything in between so I I like that yeah. I like that she had a roadmap to my immediate future um 
can I ask you about that? The roadmap. Um, that's interesting. Did she have it written down or did she? No, it wasn't formalized. It was more verbal, but she sold it. Good. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. once okay, I started so working, it was a different story, but she, she had it in her mind. Story. And I think if she had uh -huh. been able to, um, you know, have a strategy written down and really like follow the steps and protocols and implement yeah. those, I think it would have been very successful. Um, so so I, you did not, she did not stick to that roadmap. Is that what you're saying? No, I think her intentions were good. And because it was a new salon, there was a lot of learning curves there. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot out of that, what it takes to start a new salon and all the drama that goes behind it. But um, I, I did love that she had so, a roadmap and I love that she had a staff that was willing to teach. She was okay. very education focused and very team oriented, which I appreciated. Okay. Did you get good classes and education out of there, at least? Uh, not necessarily formal classes, but the stylists that were already on the floor, they were really great mentors. Okay, there was cool. nobody there that was like, don't look at what I'm doing. Don't talk to my clients. You know, it wasn't that kind of attitude. It was very warm and kind. So okay. there, there, there was a lot of growth that happened there. And I was there for about a little over a year. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I, and I cut you off. You were about to say, well, was not attractive in an interview experience. Yeah, so not attractive is when I feel like they're trying to sell you a dream. Okay. And, um, you know, I haven't really been to, in too many unattractive interviews. I would say the one that was maybe the least attractive out of all of them was another new salon. And they that's what it was. They try to sell you a dream. And yeah. it wasn't really based off of anything because obviously it was a new establishment. So they themselves are living through that dream too. Um, right. But it, it was a negative because it wasn't structure. Again, it was just a lot of like words thrown out there and a lot of ideas. So I think I'm the kind of person that really wants things written down and mapped out and planned out so that I can like visually see it and create a map in my mind, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, when you were looking in, at a new salon, let's go back to like earlier in your career. Uh, cause I think we, I think we, I think, I, I think we understand what, um, that, uh, later in your career, you are looking for creative space and, and a creative team and a little more flexibility. Uh, now maybe that has been the same throughout your career, but you know, when you were looking for a new salon, what things were you really primarily focused on? Hmm. Definitely education. That's always okay. a big thing for me. Education, okay. whether it's like competition. No, sorry. Go ahead. Um, whether it's like learning from other stylists in the group or me being able to teach just this constant back and forth. I feel like that it's a, it's an engine for creativity. Yeah. So that's always been my number one. I always ask like, so what's your education setup like? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. I, education for me is uh, number one. I, I, I don't want to work somewhere with no, I, I worked somewhere for a while that, you know, they told me they had education and I think in a very, I was averaging maybe one class every three to four years. Wow. Like that was, yeah. So 
they call themselves an academy and they said that they had uh, training, but it just wasn't there. But then I worked somewhere that had so much training, like two, three classes a week, you know? Whoa. And um, I definitely preferred, preferred that. I mean, it wasn't mandatory, mm -hmm. it was, but it was there if you wanted to take the classes, you had plenty of education. Um, wow, that's a lot. What kind of classes were these? Um, haircutting, uh, cutting, basic cutting, basic color, advanced cutting. Um, wow. And was this like outside educators coming in or like within the staff? No, it was in all internal. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you think you did that impressed the interviewer? Like if you had four interviews, but you've worked in five salons, you must be impressing people. So why don't you give someone a little bit of insight to your secret <laughs> <Huh>. sauce? <laughs> well, I can't give it all away. <laughs> no, okay, fine, um, but a little bit. I think it's that like hunger. Okay. They might tell you something different, but for me, I have this like insatiable hunger inside me that once I am fulfilled, I want more. Like I'm constantly opening these new boxes and maybe I'm able to um, express that during the interview. I've never okay. been in an interview where I had to like showcase my work, where you bring in a model and you do your work. Yeah. Um, I mean, now thanks to Instagram, like it's all there for you. Right. But I think it's definitely that passion of wanting to be a part of something bigger. Okay. And when you have that, I think it brings something to the table, you know, because anybody can learn how to do some highlights or do a haircut. But, but as an employee, you want something to build your team. Um, you always want to fill in the gaps of what you're missing in that team, like your own little family. And I think I know that trying to build that family, that community, um, it's really important for me too. And I'm able to convey that. Okay. You know, first thing I ask aside from education is what's the culture like? Do have, does everyone answers, get along? <laughs> so what kind of answers do they give? And what kind of answers are you looking to a question like that? Cause like, I can imagine if I interviewed someone, they asked me that question. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I think I can, I can think of how to answer it, but I'm curious to know, like from your perspective as the person being interviewed, asking that question, um, what are you looking for and what type of answers do you get? And they don't have to be the same thing. I need honesty. Um, sometimes you can tell when they're like, just making it up, like, oh, everyone gets along great here. We're like really tight family. Um, that's great to hear. Uh, but I also want to hear like the realistic side of it. Like, yeah, we all get along great. Um, but sometimes people butt heads. Sometimes some, you know, there are challenges, but we overcome them. We have team meet set up. We have periodical get togethers or, you know, strengthening group type exercises, something like that. Um, okay. Like, contests or games throughout the year to build that team effort I guess you yeah. know something to that extent um, because in a salon it's it happens like we're very passionate people and sometimes there's drama but I think the owner or the manager they have to know how to diffuse that and have tools to be able to um, 
I don't think I would have answered it the way that you just explained it. If there is an issue, there's some sort of mechanism for deliver. I actually worked at a salon that um, they didn't want to deal with any problems. They told you to figure deal with it yourself, which just created a ton of resentment and turned mm -hmm. and turned the salon into clicks and people yeah. would argue. I mean, people would literally get in like straight up aggressive arguments in front of clients. <laughs> you know? So what if what if what if someone was like, so that you were like, oh, what's the culture? And they were like, uh, well, John's an asshole. So just stay away from him. But the sweetest person in the world is Jane. So like definitely hang out with her. But and then and then like Sam, like if you catch him on the wrong day, <laughs> then it's going to be a problem. But other than that, we're great. This will be me. <laughs> <laughs> like, peace out. <laughs> yeah. I'd be so daring to make the argument that, bold, I should say, to make the argument that working at a place where everyone is on the same wavelength and vibe, um, that's like amazing. Like, I mean, I've worked in places that were like that, but it's never forever. Like there's, you know, mm -hmm. as there's some sort of turnover or new people come in and that's usually because a lot of the businesses are run by um, people who are interested in the growth of the business, going back to some of the stuff you were talking about earlier. Right. And, um, you know, like just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean that you should work here. Like sounds like a challenge for this, for the salon See, owner. Have you ever turned down a job that you, that, that wanted you? Yes. Yes. I have. Yeah. Can Quite a tell? few times. Yeah. So tell us about that. Um, well, and then tell us why and like how, how it went down and, and why I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it so seriously because it's not like they had a contract written out and they're like, here, please work with us. You know, it was more, um, reaching out by Instagram or getting a hold of my email through, um, colleagues or something like that. Um, okay. So what is one piece of advice, uh, for a stylist applying for the first time or first time in a long time? Someone Don't sell yourself short. You got to really know what you're worth. Okay. You believe in yourself and say, I'm a good stylist, um, or I have the potential to learn and grow. That's an asset to the company you want to work for. So I would say go into it with confidence and belief in yourself. Don't go into it like, I'll be so lucky to work here. Look at it as they will be lucky to have you. I love that. Okay, and what is a, a piece of advice for an owner or manager looking to hire someone like yourself? I, I guess it goes both ways. The salon itself, if you, if you really wanna recruit talented people who are motivated and driven and work well in a team, um, mm -hmm. I think you yourself have, has to create that culture. Um, and I think there's not so much you can say in words than the vibe that the person gets in the salon. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what words I could give other than set, don't make set shit up, up the environment. Yeah, don't make shit up. Be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> clean up clean up your salon <laughs> when there's someone coming in. <laughs> oh, man. It's like if you like your salon, just sell your salon the way it is. Like if it's worth working at, people will work there. Otherwise, exactly. you're just going to be hiring people and they're going to be leaving. That's right. Oh. <laughs> like you go Duh. in there and you're like 
why are the towels piled up? You got assistant. Oh, wait, the assistants are running around. They look like their head's been cut off. <laughs> like there's color bowls everywhere. What's going on here? Are you hiring a stylist or an assistant? Totally. Um, okay, cool. That was great. Well, for a laugh, at the end of each interview, I ask people to share with us one mortifying or horrifying story that that was not necessarily funny at the time, but looking back on it, you can't help but laugh. Dang, I I can't even, it still makes my heart pound. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> There's been a lot of funny stories, but I think the one where I start blushing is I actually cut off the tip of someone's ear while oh. we were talking about cutting someone's ear. Oh no! <laughs> you know, it was, it was a men's guy and I was like trimming around oh. his ear with my scissors. And he's like, have you ever cut someone's ear? And I was like, no. I was like, oh, no. And the ear doesn't, they say it doesn't stop bleeding. And it's so true. I couldn't finish the cut because like we couldn't get it to stop bleeding. And literally the tip of his ear was gone. The bottom <laughs> tip, the lobe, the, or the top. The top. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, the top. And, and, and his ear was stuck to my scissors. <laughs> no way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I had kind of blocked that out of my mind until I saw like the questions you were going to ask me. And I was like, do I want some good ones? And then it all came rushing back. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Oh. Well, you know what? Don't worry. That's actually a similar story to mine. My, I was cutting my mentor's ear. Thank goodness it was my mentor. But like I did cut the top of his ear off, but it was Luckily, mine wasn't, its ear wasn't stuck to my scissors, though. That would have, I might have vomited. And so, like, it's like dangling. And guess what? I had finished. I was done this side. Um, and uh, so, thank goodness, when I cut the ear off, it was dangling. I, like, I, I get queasy, but that time I jumped in. I tried to help him bandage it. And he was, like, I was in the bathroom with him. And he was, like, he was, like, turn to me. He goes, just let me do this on my own. And so I walked outside, he comes out, he had a bandage this big on his ear. And he goes, now finish the other side. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he goes, oh, um, do you want, uh, I got wizards tickets if you want them. And I'm like, yo, dude, you're the coolest person on the planet. Wow. And I feel like I just can't, I couldn't even like barely move my hands. Like I was like, so nervous, I couldn't cut. So I can't imagine seeing the ear on my scissors that would have been just a whole nother level whole nother level oh and there gosh. was a moment where you try to pretend it didn't happen and and then you see the blood starting to come out and thank god this th the, the client was so gracious He's like honestly it doesn't hurt it's okay i don't feel a thing wow. and you know what i charged him <laughs> looking back oh, i regret charging him but i charged him for that haircut did he ever come back no <laughs> <laughs> nope, never saw oh, him again. Man. Oh, I gotta no. ask you who your Jeez. mentor was. That's crazy. His ear was dangling. That's nuts. It was dangling. He ended up having to go get stitches. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, thank goodness was my mentor because uh I just I I mean and I, I hadn't been working there that long. So thank goodness it was like I brought a few people with me and uh yeah, I'm just uh, Oh my gosh, so you were new. Yeah. Yeah. I could have been a lot worse, you know? So actually for the whole time I worked that place, um, every time my mentor came in for a haircut, the owner would walk up and be like, 
be like, watch that ear <laughs> for like, for like eight years. <laughs>